We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, He trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. Welcome into this edition of Alabama Unfiltered. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Beeson. Amy Beth Shaver is with me. So is Allison Sinclair, and we appreciate you watching the program. Don't forget as we start that this program is powered by 1819 News. Check them out at 1819news.com. Make sure you sign up for the daily detail and their newsletter where you can get all of Alabama's news without any bias. It is the news the way it is supposed to be. Also, remember that you can find us at all the different places you find your podcast, all the regular places, but give us a thumbs up, give us five stars, and more importantly than anything, tell your friends, relatives, people you don't like, people you do like about this podcast because that's how we grow. Ladies, how are y'all? Very Great. Good. Did you stare at the camera the whole time? I, I did. I don't ah. ever. Like, that's like, what that's what the professionals do. Like, I've been watching the news. Went, <laughs> yeah, and like the extra guests that are just sitting there, they just. But when you see them, don't you think they're pleasantly with a practiced face? Is that just, what it is? They I try do. And smile. Have you, have you watched the, the different smile. girls? Like, some of them, like Martha McCallum, she'll mm -hmm. go. Oh, are you supposed to tilt your head too? And then other ones are be like. She's got it down. So you, you know awesome. you do. You gotta watch their face. Really? Because what if you're like, that's what I'm doing. I'm like rolling my eyes. When you're talking, I'm like, what? See, no, I, Ty Coffee is sitting there beautifully, like he's doing what he's supposed to do. So little people. Yeah. Are there yeah. messages in that though? Like, if you tilt to the right, does that mean you're smart and attractive? If you tilt, if you tilt, to, tilt to the right, to the left, this means like, I'm interested in what you're saying. Right. What about the other way? Uh, not, I don't care. I don't really know. I don't care. The, it left is what is left when people are lying. Isn't that? Oh, is that what it is? To the it's left when they're lying. Or is it to the right? I know there's like psychology behind it. I don't know. Anyway. I just have watched a few of our podcasts and I'm always doing my lipstick. So I'm trying to stop. I'm always like. It means you're awful. thinking. So now you're just going to smile. Yeah. So now I just. Just smile. You know what? You if lipstick goes out. away, who you cares? I have my teeth out. Dudes, y'all are lucky because you don't, mm -hmm. that, you know. I just was that awkward. Next time I'll just stare. You just terrified me, <laughs> Allison. I think I might, you should stare. I can't, I can't look at her. What do we do? I can't, I can't look over there. Stop. What's wrong with her? It's kind of like she's having an attack. Kid. It's totally like your little kid in the middle of the night that they come to you and they're sick and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, look. That's, that's, like, that's so funny. <laughs> that's sweet that you were worried about me. Yes, though. I was. I was afraid you were going to die and we'd have to take care of you or something. That was what no, I was worried about. I'm I was trying to, to be professional you and y'all just ruined professional. it. You are very professional. You're doing fantastic. I got the blazer on. I like your blazer. I was trying. fantastic. We kind of got the power watch on. It's like it was meant to be. Poor Ty. Y'all both kind of look like you want to be TV attorneys. We are. How do you know we're not? I did Order this weekend. Or what was it? It was Law & Order. Yeah. When that made you wear the jacket? Should we start over? No, no this is this fantastic. Is, this okay. is gold. So I guess we have a guest who's having to sit here through all this. So tell us about it. Tell us about him. So, tell, or he can tell us about him. Try coffee. I, I, why don't you tell us about who you, Today we're going to be talking about election security and kind of what's going on in the state of Alabama. And Ty has been involved, I feel like, from the very beginning. And it's funny because Scott was like, what's his background? What's his story? Is he an attorney? Like, no. Because I was not going to believe a word you said if you were an attorney. Right. So I'm, I go, I'm going you. with that. I wouldn't <laughs> blame you. Future attorneys You've learned on the that show. during the process, haven't you? Don't yes, believe you a have. word they say. So, but Ty, we've always said he's now moved, but we always are like, he's just a guy from Shelby County that loves his country and cares. And now you've moved to Chilton County. So we can't say that anymore. But 
Kind of tell us how you got involved with all the election happenings here and um, a little bit of your political background. You've been involved in some things in the past as well. Yeah, so uh, when I was in school at Sanford, I was involved in the Student Government Association, really enjoyed that. Uh, got to go up to Washington, D.C. in 2002 for something that's called the National Student Leadership Forum. It's something that's put on by the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House or members of each. And um, got to meet a lot of different representatives while I was there. They said, if there's anybody you want to meet, let us know. Um, at the time, uh, Congressman Bob Riley was running for governor here, and I had not met him yet. So I just said, uh, Bob Riley, in the next next night he was sitting by me at dinner and I uh, got to have a conversation wow. with him um, ended up working on his campaign um, I've worked on several different uh, local campaigns in Shelby County uh, the sheriff's race several other races and just always been attuned to the fact that public policy affects our lives whether we like it or not um, ha have actually been an admirer of yours Scott was really uh, really thankful for the bill you passed in 2014 and got the governor to sign where we could carry guns in our oh, cars. It was the extension of the house. Do you remember that one? No, it's too long ago. Yeah. No, he remembers it. It was a big <laughs> deal. Um, and so just have always been interested in it. You know, listen to a lot of talk radio. Stay pretty pretty in touch with what's going on. Um, it's just something I've always been in, interested in. Very good. So, you, so you've just been involved and, and cared about state issues and those kinds of things for yeah. – years so fast forwarding I, I hope i'm not jumping in one of your questions is the the election integrity question because we're told in alabama that our elections are perfect our elections are wonderful well i take that back they're not perfect we're just the best right they're pristine which though. you know that, that's a relative the term standard. Right? we're like the yeah. best we're the no one is better standard. than us that kind of thing. Do y'all remember uh, when uh, when Tommy Tuberville was running for Jeff, uh, Jeff Sessions' seat, the seat that he had vacated? Um, so during that race, when that race was really kicking off, uh, there was a lot of rumor that John Merrill was going to jump into the race. You can go out on my on my Twitter account. It's still out there. I've left it there. Um, I put something to the effect of, it's my sincere hope and desire that John Merrill would run for that Senate seat. Mm -hmm. um, I had always been impressed with him. One of the shows that I listened to, he would always come on the talk show and he'd name the exact number of years, months, days, down to the second that he had right. been the Secretary of State. He could always tell you off the top of his head exactly how many people were registered to vote. And the impression that I always left with after one of his interviews is like, Alabama's got our stuff down. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we heard that Alabama has been rated an A that we've gotten, uh, we're the only state that's gotten an A, that we've got the gold standard. Um, and so I always felt like our elections were were really good. And um, and so when everything happened in 2020, um, in other states, I started, you know, trying to read into every state and read into their law just because I was curious how it varied from ours. And I was thinking, like, maybe there's something our state can do to help other states out. And um, in one of the interviews uh, after 2020, uh, I heard uh, Matt Murphy at the time ask uh, John Merrill if he had helped um, the, the Georgia Secretary of State. And he's like, yeah, I've been on the phone with Brad. Don't worry about it. Like, we're trying to help him, but he's got quite the mess clean up over there. And so that's just the the thing that I took for granted, that right. I just took as truth, that our, our elections were secure. Um, but then I started looking into our elections and um, and started meeting different people and talking to different people on several different social media platforms. 
And of course, you meet you meet the crazy kooks. They're everywhere. Uh, yeah, I'm um, there sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. So one of my one of my uh, qualifying questions is, uh, how do you feel about chemtrails? If they go off in that direction, then I just kind of not work with them. Um, that's kind of one of my. It's okay. Yeah. The chemtrails uh, yeah, are out. I don't know about flatter. <laughs> okay, we're just checking. Just, um, just you know, making sure. Yeah. So uh, it's another show, another day coming. N- yes, definitely, definitely another candidate. <laughs> um, and so, anyways, I just I just got interested in trying to figure out what was going on here, and I started talking to a lot of people who were poll workers um, in some of the precincts across Alabama, and trying to understand. And just listen to them. Uh, most of our poll workers are returning poll workers. They they have some uh, some experience doing it. And you know, did you see anything that was different? You know, what was it like here? Um, and one poll worker out of Coleman County shared with me that she was working the polls and had numerous times before this. And a, a gentleman walks in, walks straight past the deputy, grabs a ballot off the table, and turns around and walks out the door. And that kind of got my attention because if you remember, right after the 2020 election, we had truck drivers coming up, coming forward and saying that they brought in truckloads of ballots the, the night after the election or the couple of days after the election. And so I started wondering to myself, like, why would somebody be grabbing a ballot out of Coleman and running off with it? Like, what are they trying to accomplish here? Right. And really couldn't figure that out. And I started talking to other poll workers and stumbled upon some information that just didn't seem to make sense. If we fast forward to, let's say, around August of uh, 2021, um, we had uh, Seth Keschel come in. Was that 2021? It was. It all runs together. Yeah, it does, because that was 2020, 2021. It was a little over a year ago when Seth Keschel came out with his maps of all the counties in the U.S. and kind of color-coded them, and there were... Three in there Alabama. Were, there were two, two. There were two counties. So what he did was he took all three thousand plus counties in the United States and he ran statistical information based off of trends, looking at statistical trends. And if there was a great deviation from that that trend, he would label the county red. Right. Well, he labeled Shelby County and Madison County in Alabama red, and that right. really caught my attention. Was Saint um, Clair one of the weird counties too? Well, there were some that were there were some that were yellow. Okay. And then yeah, there were some that were yellow. Which were the ones that were yellow? The yellow was it was a little bit of a of a deviation. Okay, you know, like okay. you may want to look into this, but like the red was like, hey, you For really sure. need to pay attention okay. to this. Okay, and and it caught my attention because like I I was born and raised in Shelby County, lived there my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until recently, and it just really caught my attention. I've, I've helped um, with the sheriff's race down there, know our sheriff, love our sheriff, and I just could not believe that Shelby County, my county, had something. So I, I reached out to Seth several different ways. A friend of a friend got me in touch with him, and um, I was able to get on a Zoom call with him one day and just okay. have him walk me through his process and show me like what he was looking at, and um, and, and then, it when, really what was your impression piqued my because I don't know him personally. Um, read about or read of his right, you know, his reports and those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, solid guy. Solid guy f- from talking to him, like just a real cut dry guy. Like not, he doesn't really seem to deviate, you know, color outside the line, so to speak. He just seems to call it what he sees, mm-hmm. and um, and he seems to be very driven by numbers. Um, when he was in, uh, when he was in the the military, he specialized in overt intelligence, so not covert, where somebody's sneaking in somewhere, but just public information and using public information. Uh, one of the things that I remember hearing was like, he's one of the guys that figured out when you, when the Taliban was taking a picture of themselves in a cave, 
he could download that picture and it'd have the GPS information. And as he would say, he was the one that uh, told the generals where to put uh, uh, warheads on foreheads is how he put it. (laughs) Using that information. Yeah. And he also, I think it's kind of cool, would do like baseball statistics and analysis. He also was the only one that called, I feel like the only one that called a win for President Trump in 2016. Was that it? That's right. Yes, looking at the data coming out. So using the same kind of trends. Yeah. Yes. Now, okay. statistical data isn't a definitive. No, it's not. It's not. You know, when you're looking at this, you can't look and say, "Oh, Shelby County, Madison County are red." Right. So that means for sure, there's lots of variables in there. But I guess what you're saying is, it just tipped you off enough to go, "Okay, maybe there's something here, and maybe there's not." But either way, we need to look into what's right. going on. So, yeah. so you get in touch with him. You're on the Zoom calls, and he's telling y'all. Yeah, like how it how, basically how it works is he went all the way back to uh, Bush v. Gore, um, and he looked at every four years what the count would be in Shelby County in the Republicans versus the Democrats, and the Republicans were always you know really far ahead, um, and the number of votes that the Republicans would get in Shelby County would continue to grow, and then what happened is around 2016 there was a bump. On the Democratic side, and in, in the line of work I'm in, I help people uh, move and, uh, and and buy new homes. And so, I, I, just from helping people do that, I've seen demographics change in Shelby County. So I could still kind of see where, like, maybe there really isn't anything here, but it just got me interested enough to actually like check that hypothesis out and okay. just not right. believe that that's the reason, but just check into it. And so, um, so in, uh, in 2016, if you were to take, uh, there were over 11,000 votes in Shelby County that were cast for the other. So not Republican, not Democrat, but other. And if you were to have given um, Joe Biden credit for that whole other section, if mm-hmm. everybody that had voted for somebody else in 2016. So that's the people who wrote in Mickey Mouse, yep. like they do, or yep. okay, okay. Nick Saban. Right. Yeah, we see those. Um, so if you gave him credit for all that, it still wouldn't equal the increase that he was credited for in 2020. And so that oh, is. So the difference in the old election, if you took the Republicans and you took the Democrats and then you took all of the others, the 11,000 others and dumped them on the Democrat, you still don't get Joe Biden in. Correct. Still couldn't make that jump. Correct. And we're supposed to believe that a man that did not campaign, that stayed in his basement when he would have little gatherings, it would truly be that a little gathering. They, you know, stayed inside of hula hoops for safety um, or stayed inside their cars and beat their horns in support of him. Um, we're supposed to believe that he beat a man that could cram 65,000 people right. into... And, and, and he got more votes than Barack Obama. There you go. He was right. like the most right. popular Democrat. That's right. Everybody historic, had to vote historic yes. candidate yes. Um, and historic presidency. And so it just was a little too much to swallow. It was a little too much to accept mm-hmm. for what it was. And so that just really, it started there and it kind of, I, I tell people, it was kind of like a snowball starting at the top of a hill. And as it just kept going down, it kept getting bigger and bigger and just what we started looking into just didn't make a lot of sense. So we, we actually brought Seth Keschel into town, let him do a presentation. Um, and that seemed to pique a lot of people's interest and raise mm-hmm. awareness. And, um, and from there, I just started forming a little bit of a network around the state, all volunteers, all just nobody important, just the people, um, just you know, real folks. just well, we real things. Different that right. You're very important. Right. Well, right. but I'm just saying from some people's vantage point. 
but what you're yeah. doing is critical. They're not attorneys. <laughs> yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> or paid act like ones on TV. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so we just work to, to build the network. There's a guy uh, named Jason that I've done a tremendous amount of work with down in, out of Baldwin County. Another friend that I've really gotten to know very well is Angela down in uh, Lee County. And it, it's really interesting the number of people that seem to be involved in this and passionate about it are seem to be like genuine Christ followers, like people mm -hmm. who truly try to live their life out and seem to be driven by a strong sense of right and wrong. Right. Seeking the truth. That's right. Wherever it takes you. Right. Um, and so, so we just started digging into uh, different things, trying to get access to different pieces of information. Um, I actually uh, did a presentation uh, in front of a group uh, that Allison leads called Local Alabama uh, back in uh, September of 2020 and uh, gave a presentation presented or September 2021. Yeah. And uh, presented a presentation and uh, by before before like midnight that night, the probate judge in Shelby County had gotten numerous calls that I was asserting that there was fraud that happened in Shelby County. And I received a phone call so from were they tattletailing or were they, uh, I, were they I don't asking know. Questions? I don't know what their, I don't know what their motives were. Right. Um, but I just know that she was made aware that there were things that were being said. Right. And um, I got a call from the sheriff's department and they wanted to know if I had really said that or kind of what had been said. And I ended up reaching out to the judge and did my entire presentation I did for Allison for, uh, for the probate judge over zoom. Um, so she could kind of follow what I was asking for. And, um, and one of the things that I really wanted to get my hands on was the, the, the list of people who, uh, actually voted on, on, uh, back in November of 2020. Yeah. And so, That's um, record. It is public record, um, and it, it's kind of funny in this in the state law. It actually says that um, that anybody that's an elector in the county can request a, a copy to see the copy of people who um, who voted on that day. And I was in at that time. I was an elector of Shelby County. I voted in the election. And I made that request, and and the judge had never actually seen that that statute. And so she asked to do some research, and then she came back and said. I can't just give that to you. You'd have to have some type of court order because it's it's put in what's called the record of election. The record of election sounds like super official, and all it is is a banker's box right. that they put information from uh, the election in, and they seal it with tape. And once it's sealed, it cannot be opened without a judicial order, without a court order uh, letting See, you, I've you open it. I've wondered about that because uh, you look at the law that says that we, we're going to keep the ballots. Mm-hmm. And everybody keeps saying, well, you can't just go look at the ballots. No one can go look at the ballots. You got to have a court order. I'm like, well, what was the law for? Yeah. We just keep them for the sake of keeping mm -hmm. them. We need yeah. to, you know, rent some rental space somewhere. I mean, I thought mm -hmm. we kept them for the sole purpose of. Well, you can look at them, but you have to have them. a court order. Right. So federal law says if it's a federal election, they have to be kept for 22 months. Um, mm -hmm. If it's, if it's a an election that's run here and it's just in the state mm -hmm. right. uh, state law requires the, uh, the, the sheriff in the County to keep those in his custody for a period of six months. Okay. Um, and then after that, they can be destroyed unless there's a protection order given to those ballots uh, by a judge for whatever reason. And so um, I've learned a lot about the law and our law here in Alabama is very, um, it's very broken. There's seems to be contradictory, 
Con- con- contradictions that are made in the law. Mm-hmm. Um, there That's seems to be uh, yes, I would, and you know this yes. for the legislature. Yeah. I, I promise you, they do it on purpose. Yeah, so yeah. that if they want to get in there, right, they there's nothing to stop them, mm-hmm. right. But if they don't want anyone in there, oh, we you're definitely going to have to have some kind of order. I mean, right. I'm not saying I, I never did that, but it just seems to be that happens a lot. Sure, mm-hmm. they can have it both ways. Right. Sure. Whoever they is. Yeah. Yeah. At the time. So what what was her um, when you were doing that Zoom? And I know you know you've talked us through the the box and storing all this information. But what was her response to you after you completed that presentation? Uh, she was. It seemed to genuinely pique an interest mm. in her. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want, there again. I don't want to judge the you right, know the right. motivations of her heart, but right. she did seem very interested in like the presentation itself. And I made it clear, like, it's, this isn't my information. This is Seth Keschel's. I'm just presenting the data. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, the, I'm right. the messenger here. I'm not right. the what author you, of all this. What point do you think was the biggest one? Was it the 11,000-odd votes? Yeah, I just think seeing, because in all the other elections, like, even back to 2016, so, you know, Hillary Clinton, or go back to, you know, right back that before Barack Obama, even if you had given... Barack Obama, all of the other votes, or Hillary Clinton, all the other votes, the people that didn't vote for Republican or didn't vote for Democrat, um, it still would not have caused them, like, that number was still more than the difference that the next election cycle had received. Mm -hmm. And so, or the percentage increase or the number of increase that the Democrat had received in the the county. Um, And Shelby County is a very red county. um, And I I feel like Shelby County's had a, a little bit of a um, target on its back. Um, Eric Holder, the attorney general underneath uh, Barack Obama brought a lawsuit. It's actually went all the way to the U.S. Supreme mm-hmm. Court called Shelby v. Holder. Um, and I feel like since then, uh, there are um, there's just kind of been a target on Shelby County's back since then. Um, I know I've talked to numerous people who have pointed out there seems to be a lot of people coming in and buying homes uh, in Alabama, but they never move into the home or move, move buying homes in Shelby County, but they don't necessarily move into the home mm-hmm. or maybe they're a, um, they're a landlord. So they rent out that house, but yet they're registered to vote there and they could potentially be registered to vote in their, you know, their home state where their residence is. And so how do we, what type of protection do we have in place to make sure that that person isn't voting in both places? Mm-hmm. Um, and you could make an argument that that person should be allowed to, on local races, but how do you prevent them from doing that right. on a federal race? Because right. then all of a sudden they're voting twice as many times as what we are uh, in in national presidential elections and things like right. that. But so so you go to the probate judge at Shelby County, and she says that you have to have a court order to get that information. So it's a dead end. Right. Like she was interested. She listened yeah. to your presentation, but she couldn't do anything about it. And. Where do you, where did you go from there? Because, and does she understand that like it's, and I've said this a million times on the show, it's like your kids when you go to their rooms and their doors are locked and jiggle the door and you knock on the door and you're like, let me in. And they're like, eh. And like the longer you stand there and you generally just want to come in and say, what do you want for dinner? Right. But the longer they take to let you in, the more suspicious you get. And so it's like, these are some anomalies. And with what we saw happen in Georgia and Pennsylvania, I don't think we're crazy or wrong to want answers. And so as you're meeting these kind of closed doors, do they understand that you just are a citizen? Like I, 
you're probably hoping there's nothing there. Like I hope. Well, I don't I hope, want anything I don't, to be right. there. Yeah, I don't want anything to be there. I would say I would not necessarily color her as one of those people. Like I wouldn't label her as. I didn't get the feel. I didn't get the feeling from her. She was trying to keep me out of. Them. I think she was genuinely doing what she thought was right. Right. Here's um, what the rules are. Yeah. And golly, that's yeah. And and she did concede. Like there seems to be a conflict here. But this is what I'm told is practice in the county. And so she, you know, she was. This is her first term, and right. she didn't want to upset the apple cart. So I don't necessarily right. blame her for that. Um, now. We we continued. We didn't just stop there. We continued in talking to poll workers. And uh, one of the things that we started to hear uh, recurring was that someone would show up to vote and they would say, I received a call that my absentee ballot had not been counted and that I needed to cast a provisional ballot. Uh, what's interesting about that is, um, let, let's say Scott and Allison, y'all are the absentee vote counters in whatever county in Alabama. Your job is to open the envelope. One of you opens the envelope and you immediately look, does it have the driver's license? Mm -hmm. Does it have the, uh, is it signed by the voter? Um, is it witnessed by two people? Is it notarized? Mm -hmm. If it's missing any of those signatures, those are called incurable issues. You can't call the voter and say, hey, you forgot to have witness number two sign. Who was that? Okay, right. having come up here and sign, how do you right. know that really happened? But if it were, um, let's say they didn't have their driver's license in there, that's considered a curable issue because it's just your driver's license. Right. Um, the, the law allows for seven days for provisional ballots to be, you know, cured and and so that's how they that's the timeline that they use and so if somebody did forget their driver's license they'd call and say hey you forgot your driver's license you just drop by the board of registrars or the circuit clerk let them mm -hmm. take a copy of your license they put it with it and you're good mm -hmm. but if let's just say that you didn't have it you didn't have it uh signed you know the law states that that ballot should not be cast what was happening, not in just one county, we're in Jefferson County filming this, and, and this happened here in Jefferson County as well, but just different counties across the state, people were receiving phone calls and the, the voter themselves had no ill intent. In fact, they, right. they were under the assumption that this was supposed to happen, that somebody was supposed to call them and tell them, mm -hmm. you didn't do this correctly. If you want to vote, you need to go by provisional vote by provisional ballot. So as y'all are in the room and y'all are saying, you know, John Smith, accept, and you accept John Smith's vote. Well, let's say Sally Smith forgot to do one of those things. So y'all would say Sally Smith rejected. Well, let's say I'm a poll watcher for one count or for, for one, uh, for one party and she's a poll watcher for the other party. Okay. Well, if my person, like I could text every name out and we know this is what happened. I could text every name out that was, that was rejected and it was being texted to a third party that was connected to one of the parties in the state. Okay. And they were looking through their people who had just voted in the primaries. If they voted in that party's primary, they would call them and say, hey, you need to go and cast a provisional ballot. And what we're hearing from these poll workers were people were coming up saying, I got this call. My ballot was rejected. The chief inspector over each uh, precinct would be very concerned, very confused because when, you know, you know, when we go into our precincts now, we have to show them our driver's license mm -hmm. or the voter ID card, they scan it. And those, those poll pads are indeed connected to the internet. And right. that is a security feature because they don't want 
me going from one polling place to another and just revoting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they would scan somebody's uh, driver's license, if that person had even applied for an absentee ballot, a red flag would come up on the screen and the chief inspector would bring that person aside and say, Hey, it shows that you applied for an absentee ballot. You know, help me understand why you're here casting provisional and very distraught. A lot of these uh, chief inspectors allowed people to vote to cast a provisional ballot. Those are not counted on election night. They're set into another pile, another box that's, and it's looked into Mm -hmm. over the next seven days. And that's when the probate judge of that County will either certify or decertify, you know, choose to accept or not accept those provisional ballots. Wait, can I stop you? Sure. Okay. Ty gets so annoyed when I interrupt him, but so, so basically I'm, I'm like, okay, Thai coffee, except Amy Beth Shaver, reject. And so then there's one person that's standing back there mm-hmm. that, no, you're not supposed to. So what, the, those people that are rejected are supposed to be confidential and, yeah, and that's anonymous. Where, that's where I'm headed. Okay. So, so Alabama law, the Holy part cow. of Alabama law that's being broken here is it says the list of voters who voted by absentee ballot shall remain confidential until the day following election. So where the law's being broken here is a, an organization in our state is usurping Alabama law. They're sidestepping the law and they're calling people in real time on election day so that they can cure a ballot that they should g- be gain incurable. Votes. Correct. Right. They're keeping a vote just because somebody, so think about it. We had a lot of people during COVID that didn't want to be around other people. That's why they're voting through absentee right. uh, ballot. But the state legislature is the one who is authorized to make election laws, not the secretary of state, not right. the right. Uh, the governors of these states. And so there is no law change here. Um, now, there was a small period of time where people were uh, allowed to cast ballots and they didn't have to have those signatures, but that was nipped in the bud pretty quick. Um, and so there was a period, I think, of about two weeks where that happened. I believe it was down in Mobile County. Um, but the number of votes that were in that time frame was very, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really wasn't impacted. But so we we found out that this happened and we you hear it once, you just take note of it. You hear it twice, you're like, hey, this kind of sounds similar. But then when you hear three and four instances about it, and then when you're contacted by a election official in a county in Alabama and you're told that this happened, like mm-hmm. this individual actually called the voter and said, I just went by your precinct and they said you cast a provisional ballot because you were told that your uh, your absentee ballot did not count. How did you know that that, well, y'all called me. The assumption right. was it was offic- it was an official phone call. Right. And this individual said, well, do you have the telephone number that calls you? And she looked through her caller ID and said, well, as a matter of fact, I do, right. and gave it to the individual. The individual calls this cell phone and you know as it says you know you've reached allison sinclair's voicemail please leave a message this the person that that made the phone call from that telephone their voicemail picked up and the individual wrote the person's uh uh, name down uh did a google search and quickly figured out that that person uh 
is is employed or volunteers a lot with the Democratic Party. Right. And so that was enough for me at that point to want to put something on paper. And so I actually went to Allison and said, I really feel like this is big. I feel like we need to go to Steve Marshall. And mm-hmm. I, I really feel like we need to <laughs> elevate this to that level. And right. so we it's a crime. This is where it gets it exciting. is a crime. Okay. It is a crime. So um so if you help somebody um break absentee or any type of voting law if you um coerce do anything Mm -hmm. to help anybody misuse the absentee ballot appropriate uh uh, process um then you are actually committing a felony in the state of alabama and so um so we started trying to get to steve marshall we tried to reach out to him through just calling the office Mm -hmm. uh we had um what i would call big wigs in the republican party reach out to try to get us you know in front of him none of those efforts were really successful allison came up with an ingenious idea uh he was speaking at a you'll love this This amy um so he was speaking at a uh at an event up in uh somewhere in north alabama wasn't it and so you you knew a girl that was going to a lady that was going to the meeting and so you wrote out this note to him and said it is it is imperative that i speak to you attorney general marshall please call me (laughs) and so she sends her friend and at the end of the speech Speech, like he makes a beeline for the door and this this incredibly committed Alabamian starts running with a sheet of paper in hand yelling Mr. Attorney General Mr. Attorney General trying to get his attention so um, garners the attention of his security detail they mm-hmm. stop her right. but by then the Attorney General had turned around and to see what the yeah. commotion yeah. was about and she said I promised my friend Allison Sinclair that I would deliver this letter to you will you please let me give it to them <laughs> wow. yes just just dedicated enough to the cause. I was like, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be her. I would have chickened out, probably. But, but she, she, did did it. It. she did it. Wow. And I got a call from Steve Marshall. Ta- wait, 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 wait. So ring, ring, ring. Oh. Hey, Allison, this is Steve it Marshall. Is, I see a 334 number and I just am like, oh, God. And I, I mean, usually it's spam, but these days I pick up. You didn't need to extend the warranty on your car? No. It's okay. like, Not right now. She did Not that last yet, but it's it's. <laughs> It's ring, ring, ring. I stare, I stare. Hey, Allison, this is Steve Marshall. And y'all, I busted out laughing. <laughs> like like uncontrollable stop, nervous yeah, laughter. Nervous <laughs> laughter. And he goes, um, that's not really what I was expecting you to say. And I was like, I can't believe you actually called me. That was like the craziest way of getting to him. But he did. He called. Mm-hmm. And because at that point, we you had received notification about an email kind of something that had gone around that day. And so we had really, not only did we have kind of a whistleblower and somebody that was going to come forward and talk about what happened, but we also had, I don't even remember how we got that. We, we knew some, there was another way for us to know this had happened. Okay. Um, And so basically, uh, so, so Steve, you know, says he will look into this for us, which, you know, he just needs some information. So I typed up a two page document, mm-hmm. like v- detailing, like Amy Beth Shaver of Shelby County told me this on approximately this date. And at this right. time, here's what was said. Um, and like started putting all this together. I don't have subpoena power, so I can't mm-hmm. subpoena that telephone number that was making all these right. calls around the state. But he sure enough could go to a judge and get that power. Right. Um, and so my expectation was he is about to get this information 
and we're going to see some action. And so I submitted that information to his assistant via email on December the 5th. We know he received it. He called Allison shortly after, let us know that he was looking into it. Um, and by then, we had already talked to this whistleblower election official that um, really had the telephone number and made the telephone number available, mm -hmm. you know, for, I mean, that was just the one piece that, you know, phone records, they they're, they're, they can help piece puzzles together. Right. And so we, it was vital that we get that to him. And so, but he had not even contacted the whistleblower yet. And so uh, on our second phone call with, with the Attorney General, Allison asked him about calling him. And so he said, well, there's not a number. Well, he works for the county. We kind of figured you could, right. you're the Attorney yeah. General, Chief Law Enforcement Officer. Right, we, right, you know. right. Hey, can I so we provided a telephone so number so. for him to call, and he ended up calling and talking to him. But since then, there's been no other update given to us. Um, I've tried, Allison's tried reaching out, trying to get some information on, like, is anything going to happen um, you know, and, and that's at the point where I started just becoming really kind of deflated because, but there are other details. Can we not talk about them? I don't know. What, what <laughs> details do you want to talk about? Like, Let's talk about details. Well, I mean, there are a few other things that happen because we do know, cause I actually spoke to general Marshall three times about it, where he would call and would give updates and was super nice and super there's a lot, I think, about election law that he wasn't familiar with and was having to do some research. And so um, and it's new and every case is so different. Mm -hmm. And so but he did. The last phone call I got from him was that he was meeting with John Merrill and Clay Helms um, about kind of what happened and to see if they knew anything about it. And then that's when we didn't hear anything back. In the meantime, can I tell about the you and Angela? Going yeah, this to the is meeting? the funny yeah. part. Okay. This is good. Um, so Angela Shepard that's involved, um, it has been kind of from the beginning. And I go to one of John Merrill's voter fraud task committee meetings where they were drafting this legislation to make voter fraud penalties stiffer. And so we were sitting in the committee meeting and this is after maybe I talked to general Marshall, maybe twice. And at the very end of the meeting, Angela and I are sitting there. Mar no, no. John Merrill yeah. says, um, and there's this instance where people were calling out from the voting booths and they were making calls for people to come cure their ballots. And and it wasn't. It's, well, not cure their ballots, well, no, to, 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 cast to, to cast a provisional ballot. Right. ballot. Okay. Right. And Which does kind of the same. This thing. is well, it, it is the same thing, but this is like where an attorney would say, "No objection, right, that's right, not the right. same Just thing." Like, yeah, you're not. Okay. I've learned to become. Powers. I've learned. I've learned right. to become very specific. Yeah. So, well, well, I see that later. So anyway, you know, we heard of this case where somebody was calling out from the voting, the polling place, and you know, we're having people come in to file and and fill out new ballots, mm -hmm. and he says. And that is highly illegal. You know how he does with his, right. it's right. highly illegal with his Southern Ultra accent. Southern accent. Ultra Southern accent. And I'm like, because he doesn't know it was us. Right. I don't even know if he still knows it was us. He doesn't know that it was us. He knows now. He knows now. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, literally, I'm like, Angela, act natural. I'm <laughs> laughing so hard. I'm yeah. like, don't, don't move. Don't move. And we're just like, so even he acknowledges that what happened is not what should be happening. Mm -hmm. And then we talked to General Marshall, and he said he was going to meet with him, and then we didn't hear anything. 
um, that was it. Yeah. Like, don't know what that happened. That is very odd. But are you surprised? At, at the beginning, yes. <laughs> now, definitely not. But at the beginning, I thought, Steve Marshall is going to do this. Like he is, he is a committed man. He is going to follow the law. He's going to do whatever it takes. But I was really let down by the fact that like we had, as just citizens had put forth effort talking to, uh, poll workers who were honestly scared to say what they saw. Right. And we had worked with them and got them to the point where they would sign an affidavit stating under penalty of perjury, this mm -hmm. is what happened. This is in fact true. Um, and when you just started looking at the totality of the information we had and, and gave to him, like I, I did a lot of the work for his office and, right. and all he would have to do is, is prosecute, go after it. But there was just never anything that was done. So devil's advocate though would be, Honestly, maybe he did look into it and found nothing. And I'm actually okay with that. Maybe what happened is legal and and he found nothing. I guess I'm disappointed we didn't get any closure. We spent a lot of time, like you're saying, there are a lot of people that... Well, maybe it's still in the process. Okay, maybe it's still in the process. Mm. I don't know. It is government. I mean, Things take a while. Right. It is. But it just is weird because the communication was so frequent and he was so kind and so mm -hmm. yeah. wanted to learn and wanted to hear. And then we just got nothing. Maybe he's still working on it. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, so kind of fast forward into the story, uh, Alabama, uh, to gain the, the, the actual list of registered voters, um, here in Alabama. So if, uh, if somebody's running for a political office, you probably have knowledge of this. You, you have to pay a penny per voter to get that list um, from the Secretary of State's office. You can tell them you want everybody in a certain zip code. Mm -hmm. You can break it out however you want, and they'll provide it to you. But it's the cost of penny per voter. So uh, we have 3.7 million people registered to vote in Alabama. So do the math for you. That's $37,000 to get that full list. I was uh, $37,000 short, short right. um, and uh, we had we had been doing some work, and um, there are different shows that, that all of us watch. One of them is uh, Steve Bannon's War Room, and there was a gentleman that he had on one day that's a mathematician named Dr. Douglas Frank, and he had quit his job. He was a professor, and he started really digging into data, and he started being able to figure out, so like pick an age. Uh, 57. So he started figuring out in, in various states, it didn't matter which county you went to, the exact same num percentage number of people that voted that were 57 was the same in all these different counties in different states. How's that even possible? Hmm. It sounds like the, the results of the uh, Republican primary having all the percentages that were well, so it's close. possible. Are you saying like in Alabama, every single county, the, the, 57-year-olds had the same percentage? I haven't gotten to that part of the story yet. Dang it. I always do this. I'm sorry. You do. I'm just going to be quiet. It'd be best. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's the way I feel. Usually on this show. Sorry. Okay. I'm just going to sit. Go. Sorry, I'll just talk go. to y'all. Um, so anyways, so we reach out to Dr. Frank. It takes numerous <laughs> efforts to reach him, but we reach him. And, um, and so Dr. Frank has been hired by uh, Mike Lindell the CEO of my pillow. Mm -hmm. Um, we all know who he is from his TV commercials and, and you know, he's very outspoken about his concern for the elections. And so he's, um, working with him and we end up getting connected. Um, so, so John Merrill, uh, 
met, let's see, back up. John Merrill met uh, Mike Lindell at the Coleman event that President Trump did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what was that? September 21, I believe. August. August. Okay. And, um, and, and to hear John Merrill talk about it, it's funny. Um, cause he kind of downplays Mike a lot. Um, but anyways, he, he ends up saying, you know, if, if you feel like there was something that happened in my state, I'd like you to come and talk to me about it. So they made an appointment and Mike flew into Montgomery, met with, Secretary Merrill in his office, and they had a discussion. There were some differences of opinion um, on how Alabama's elections went. Um, while he was there, M- Mike ended up purchasing the entire voter rolls for the entire state, thirty-seven thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. And and Dr. Frank was at that meeting, and Dr. Frank ended up uh, giving us access to this small group of people that I'm working with, access to that data. And, um, and ended up, there was a program that was built out to work with that information because mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, almost four gigabytes worth of information. Mm-hmm. Excel can't even open a fourth of that by itself. It times out. It, it won't open right. all the records. I forgot what the limit was. Yeah, I don't either, but, but right. it won't work. So, um, so we start, you know, sifting through this information because we we do have access to some information, and we started finding some, uh, we started finding some interesting data points, and I've made made note of several of these. And then what um, election was this? Was this so? This was for twenty twenty. Yeah. So we okay. there were two different purchases made. We we wanted the list of people that voted on election, the people that voted on election day on or that voted in the twenty twenty election, mm-hmm. and then we we bought. Um, a, a second set after that so that we could compare and contrast and right. see who is removed from the voter rolls. Okay. Um, and so, in, and I'll get to why we did that in a minute. But, um, but so we start sifting through this data and we start finding out. So in the state of Alabama, you're required by law to be registered to vote where you live. Mm-hmm. So in the state of Alabama, we have um, 887 electors that are registered to vote at a P.O. box. This is right. odd. That's odd. Can you live in a P.O. box? I don't think so. Nah. Unless you're a mouse and then you can't vote. Well, <laughs> you can't. Might so no. Can you? It's 2022. Identify That's right. Mouse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's not hard to find, though. No. Because in the address line of the database, it says P.O. box. That's right. So how so is that still in there? I guess Eric, Eric doesn't work. Eric yeah, Eric's all supposed to, to fix all our problems, and Eric's right. really not okay. fixing those problems. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we found twelve hundred and fifty-four electors who were registered to vote at a hotel. Oh, really? That wait, is maybe they're homeless. <gasps> no, maybe. seriously, homeless people can register and have their mail sent wherever they want to. They How they many can. People is this? They can. Twelve hundred and fifty-four people. These are just smaller data points. Mm-hmm. Um, we found five hundred and ten electors that are registered to vote in an RV park. Interesting. Yeah, that's probably doable. It's potential, house, right? but it's still an, an interesting data point to have. Right. So um, what if I told you that you could find 15,015 active registered voters who were registered to vote at just 153 addresses in the state of Alabama? So there's 15,000 people living at 153 addresses. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, well, those are some or big registered houses. or they're registered to vote they're there. Like, Doesn't mean they're there, yeah, but they're that's where they're registered to vote. Okay. Okay. Fifteen thousand hundred. How many? At one hundred and fifty. It's ninety-eight and some change. Okay. Per, let's say it's hundred yeah. people per. Very close. Okay. Address. That makes perfect sense. What yeah. About, Those, that's like, getting uh, disturbing. Nursing that's homes. Is yeah. Very bothersome. So, for instance, so and and there, so there's, we're looking into every address piece by piece. Um, so in Shelby County, we found one place that was that had thirty-five people registered to vote the same place. Well, I got to looking at the address and I realized, oh. I know this address. This is the nursing home where my grandmother lives. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. That right. makes sense. So we notated that's a nursing home. Right. But some of the places that we're finding, like there's a house down in Auburn um, that has, it's over a hundred people that are registered is to vote at it. Is it a house? No. Okay. It is a house in a subdivision a looking at, I, I don't know. <laughs> Not I don't know. in Auburn. <laughs> Maybe Tuscaloosa, but not at all. Wow. Wow. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Oops. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's fine. And so th there's just all these data points that we've started pulling out. Um, so what about the empty lot? There's an empty lot somewhere. That has so there's an people. empty lot, and yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, my God. I'm I mean, she, she, she said yeah. she was. I mean, why am I here? Why am I here? Why did I? Why did I come? Caffeine pre-show. <laughs> I drink okay. that angry angel. angel. I drink the angry and angel. Then, and she Who is. Who needs a sponsor this program? If you, <laughs> yeah, drink, if you drink this, you can I act need like that. Allison. Whatever you're drinking, I need that. Angry angel fuel. I'd have so much I energy. I'll never drink this again. Okay. No. Okay. All right. So you're at the Auburn. And you're at the people. Auburn brothel. Yeah. 100 people at the Auburn yeah. brothel. Well, that's not what I said. That's what that's somebody what we said. said. That's what she said. That's what she said. And then, wow. So, then, so after you get past the Auburn brothel, this needs to be called Alabama off the rails. <laughs> yeah, so roll tide. Then you go where? Where do we go next? All right. So one of the interesting things that we found. So when you buy the the list of people who are registered to vote, you get all kinds of information. Now you don't get the social security number of that person or anything like that, it's but you bad. but you get their date of birth. Yes. So we found that in the state of Alabama, there are over thirty three hundred people that are at least one hundred and one years of age or older that are registered to vote. What? So I, I actually looked this up. So in uh, January of this year, WBRC uh, right here in Birmingham did a news story on the oldest living person in, in the in the United States died in January of this year. She was 115 years old. Well, apparently they do, they were not aware that we have 381 people They're right here in the state of Alabama who are at least 115 years of age or older. And we have two people who are actually tied to be the oldest registered voter in the state of Alabama at the ripe old age of 1922. 1922. So even a little bit older than Methuselah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And so, no one ever asked a question. Nobody ever asked questions. Uh, so Eric. here's the interesting part. Hello. Here's the interesting part. So if you sit and do data entry all day long, you can make a mistake, right? You're right. human. So some of this is going to be clerical error. Like if they start right. really looking into this and trying to get a hold of this and clean up, which I hope Wes Allen does, assuming that he's elected, um, I, I hope that he actually has people look into this and they get this cleaned up because I mean, if this is the gold standard and we're finding this in a gold standard state, what are we finding next door in Mississippi? Christine, what are we Not finding next door in Georgia? Mississippi's beating us Premium. in a lot of things right now. So well, maybe they're the new gold standard. Maybe so. So 
We're talking about so we keep looking into Lexus. all of this and we keep trying to figure out. And so let's circle back now to the point in the story where we talk about the gold standard. Okay. Mm. So I, I heard an interview that, that John Merrill gave and he's, he talks about being the gold standard. So I start looking at all the press releases that he has done. Y'all, he puts out a ton of press releases. Mm. I had the best cheesecake ever. In Alabama. <laughs> I mean, just all kinds of press releases you would not believe. And so one of the groups that gave him, or well, he would say gave him, he implies that, he never says it, but gave, gave him, that gave our state the A rating is the, um, is the uh, Concerned Women of America. So I go to their website to try to figure out, like, who is this group? I've never heard of this group. Right. Like, mm -hmm. these are like election aficionados here. Right. Like, let's go look at their website and, and see. they're very concerned. They are very and concerned. They're women. And they're all from, women. And from America. Yes, and they are from America. Right, it does mean more. And so I got, got to looking at it. And so all they did, um, there's a little asterisk. Um, and I, I'm in the mortgage industry, so asterisks matter. So I went down to the bottom of the page and read the asterisk. All they did was look at the laws that are on the books. The laws that a state has. So, for instance, we have voter ID laws in this state. Mm -hmm. There are states that do not. So right. we get a lot of credit for that. We get a better that. score. Yeah, okay. we get a, okay. So there are several areas like that. But all they did was just look at what has our legislature and our and our governor put into law. They're not looking at the execution or the administration of the law. Well, that's fascinating. They're not looking at, and so that's a key component to like, if you're going to claim to have an right. A, wouldn't you want it to be from right. like the people that like really right. looked into your election right. and gave it? So that was so one little really nugget. Guidelines, whether we follow the guidelines. Correct. Okay. Correct. We can be confident well, about that. that is new. Yes. That's right. Great. We have the best rules. Therefore, we, we are the follow. gold standard. Right. That's right. And even if they're a little cumbersome at times and contradict one another. We still get the A. So th that was just kind of one of the pieces of the puzzle that kind of stuck out to me. And I start seeing that I feel like our our election system in Alabama just has this bright, shiny veneer on it. But if you peel that back, mm, right. maybe not the best no, looking I think, thing. I think Alabama, Alabamians, when they hear that, are going to be a little, they're going to have to, have to stop it and rewind a tad. Yeah. Yes. Wait a minute. So this award is not for how clean our elections are. This award is how clean our elections should be. Correct. In theory. In Correct. Theory. Yeah. If yeah, the laws I think are that's followed. Bother people because that's not yeah. the message that's been no. given to us. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so you know, I that just that really concerned me. Um, it really concerned me that what we're being sold, and, and I said at the beginning of the podcast on purpose that back when Jeff Sessions' seat was open and there was this period of time that where it needed to be filled, um, well, that would actually... So anyway, so where that seat was empty, um, and so we needed somebody to run against Doug Jones, that's where, that's where I really... Like, I guess my faith, my confidence in John Merrill waned. It, it went away because... What he's selling is not really truth. It's pieces of truth. Um, it is a factual statement that Alabama was given the A for elections. But when you rip that apart and like really read into it and see what it means is our legislature and our governor have put it into law laws that make our laws over that govern our elections an A. Those are two separate things. Right. But the way that he talks about it, the way that he explains it is that we have achieved this. We are, you know, he says in the press release, like, we've achieved this. We're thankful for it. We're grateful well, to other people. Make, that, that explains, 
from a conspiracy thinker standpoint, mm-hmm. that explains why we can't pull the, the cover back. Right. Because the cover says, A, gold mm-hmm. standard. But, but nobody wants to look under there and see if, right. are we doing right. all those things. But if you do, you get the silent treatment. Well, that's that's where I want to go before we end because we're yeah, going to run out of time for me at least is – so if we fast forward to, and I don't know, were you involved any in the, the arguments that were going on in, uh, in Montgomery? Yeah. So that, ago? so I was not, um, a witness in the case or anything that, but I'm very aware of what right. happened in the courtroom. And, um, so what happened was a lawsuit was brought by, uh, several different people, um, in Alabama registered voters, mm-hmm. um, Tommy Haynes, who is a current member of the house, he ran and uh, lost his uh, bid for reelection in, uh, in in the primary and something that I still want to find a way to look into um, because Tommy has been a big advocate for the rule of law. He has been a big advocate right. for uh, elect- uh, election integrity. He won an award from CPAC. They don't just hand those out to anybody. Like right. They actually like right. peel the curtain back and look and see what right. the person's done. And so uh, Tommy specific to his race is the 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 box that normally reports first is the one that's closest to the courthouse okay um out of like 33 boxes it was box number 29 that night okay and he was winning until that box came in and and it just makes you wonder like what could something have happened and so there's been a lot of assertions made against the voting machines in mm-hmm. general and you've got two major manufacturers Really, it's Dominion Voting, and then you've got ES&S. Here in Alabama, we use ES&S. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the arguments that was made was uh, we use the DS200. That's the prevalent one that's used here in the state of Alabama. We we all around here in Jefferson Shelby County, we stick mm-hmm. them in our, you know, it counts our votes and holds them until the, until the election's over. And so the only one that's ever been opened in the entire United States was opened um, a, a gentleman up in uh, – I believe it's Michigan. Matt DiPerno mm-hmm. is an attorney. He the Antium County. Or that's whatever. right. Okay. And so he got he got a court order to take the machine apart. And when they took it apart, they not only found like a, a Verizon Wireless 3G card that can connect to the internet remotely, right? But they went as far as going into like what specific motherboard was used right. in the for, computer because these for little bitty chips. Yes, for little bitty things, and so. These voting machines are nothing more than computers. Right. One of the gentlemen that um, testified in that court case was Colonel Sean Smith. Sean Smith um, was, when he retired and, um, and and left, he was technically in the Air Force at that point. He was in charge of defending our satellites from cyber intrusion from our adversaries. So he okay. was in charge of keeping Russia, China, whoever, out of American DOD satellites. Um, so he is definitely an expert witness. I mean, yeah, I would, would I would assume right. so, right? And so one of the things that he did was he gave several examples. So back in the 90s, we had, the United States had a, uh, a, a weapon system go online and become operational without anybody here in the United States giving it a command to do so. Mm-hmm. That raised... A lot of red flags, right? I don't, I don't think that's supposed to work that way. And so what they and this was back in the nineties. And so what happened was they he described it as a procurement process, like the process that they 
go through to obtain the parts that make up our weapon systems or even like our DOD computers now, or there's a very set process that they go about. So they will not buy computer parts from China. Mm-hmm. because those parts have been shown to be, have vulnerabilities built into them and not be safe for guarding our nation. And so he talks about how one of the chips that's used, one of the motherboards um, that's used in that DS-200 up in uh, Michigan is also more than likely in our machines here in Alabama mm-hmm. because they're made by the same manufacturer. Right. Um, we... The Electronic Voting Committee. It is not against the law in the state of Alabama to have a machi- to have a modem in the machines. That's nowhere in law. Right. Well, no now it is a preference. To put right. it in. Well, right. it is a preference of the Electronic Voting Committee, okay. which is comprised of members of the House and uh, people from John Merrill's office, the Secretary of State's office, and they have a preference. And so they put out these um, these request for proposals rfps Mm -hmm. is what they're Mm -hmm. called and it very clearly states that it cannot you know it cannot connect to the internet the interesting part is at no point when alabama buys these does anybody like open it up and make sure it really is what we're buying so think about it when you go and get gas and you put you know you put your credit card in. There's a little label somewhere on that gas station in the state of Alabama. It's got the outline of the state Mm -hmm. of Alabama on it. Mm -hmm. And what that is certifying is that someone in the last 12 months has been by here from the Department of Agriculture, and they have weighed and measured to ensure that when you pay for a gallon of gas, you're getting a gallon of gas. And so that is done. When you go to uh, the grocery store and you buy beef or chicken, it's got that USDA label on it. Mm-hmm. That means there's a certain set of standards that have been met that the factory where that thing, where the chicken and the beef is processed mm-hmm. and manufactured, not manufactured, but processed, mm-hmm. is found to be up to USDA code. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we, we, we can know and we feel sure. So would you ever go and buy a car, uh, especially a used car from a sales lot without taking it to a local mechanic and mm-hmm. letting a third party verify that what you're Think what you think you're buying is what you're receiving. Right. Um, I actually bought a truck earlier this year, and that's one of the things that I did. It was a 17-year-old truck. I took mm-hmm. it to our, my dad's mechanic, and he went through it and said, hey, this is in great shape. I, right. I would have no trouble recommending you get so this. So we don't even look at them. No. We just, we just trust that they work. No, and I've been able to obtain a copy of the agreement, um, and this is supposed to be public information, but we can't get it, um, but we have it now, is a copy of the agreement between the state of Alabama and and ES&S. And our agreement states that we will not just arbitrarily open the machines because it's got proprietary information. Y'all, what is proprietary about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven counting? Like, I've known how to do that. It's one of the things I've never understood about these machines. I mean, I'm not an electronics expert. But counting dots and adding one plus another one plus another one is not super high tech. Yeah. It doesn't require a tremendous amount of technology to do it. And these things seem to be able to do all kinds of stuff that I don't think they should have to start with. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Did y'all use Scantrons when y'all were in high school or at college? So, I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's all we need. That's all they are. We don't need anything more than that. But what we're being sold... So one of the things that came out in that lawsuit is those machines um, are being ran on Windows, versions of Windows that are no longer serviced by... Windows, for instance, or by Microsoft, for instance, one of them was running on the DS200 uh, runs off of uh, Windows 7. 
Well, Windows 7, if you go on to Microsoft's website, it's got like over 1,800 security vulnerabilities to it. And so like that's why they don't, I mean, they don't make it, they don't service it, they don't provide patches for it anymore. They want you to get the new ones. And so the the what sets our country apart from all these other countries is that we're a constitutionally limited democratic republic. We are not a democracy. Democracy is nothing more than mob rule. The majority of Americans think this should happen. It should happen. No, we're a democracy. We're a collection of states. Um, Going back to the founding of our country, you would say I'm a Virginian, not I'm an American. It wasn't until later on that we started saying that we're Americans. And so we often forget that we are not this democracy. And if you think about the the language the left uses uh, right now, talking about election integrity they're like oh this person is a threat to democracy well no, it's our democracy yes our, well that that's true something totally different yeah it's, that's it's true their new fundamentally transformed country yes is yes. their this their democracy right well our document still stands and we've got to enforce you know the constitution and, right. and stand behind what we've all agreed upon i haven't agreed upon, upon anything different i don't think my state legislature has ratified the constitution i haven't seen that happen yet right. so let's stick with what we have so we're entrusting the one thing that makes me and you equal, the one thing that makes me and anybody else in the state of Alabama that's over the age of 18 that hasn't committed a felony and like can vote. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't right. matter who your father was. It doesn't matter who your mother was. It doesn't matter if you just moved here four weeks ago or if you've lived here your entire life. You're a citizen of the state of Alabama. And we're entrusting our entire election process to a third-party company. Our probate judges are required under Alabama law to certify our elections. So they're supposed to certify that these elections are true, valid, and authentic and accurate. How can they do that when they don't even have a basic understanding of how these machines work? Angela Shepard down in Lee County, uh, right before the primaries, she was going to work as a a poll worker. And so to do that, she went ahead and voted by absentee ballot. She was smart enough to take her absentee ballot. I'm so proud of her for doing this. She stuck it on a Xerox machine and she made eight copies after she had voted um, Mm -hmm. on, on this on this uh, th- this uh, ballot, and she made the Xerox copies, and she ran them at the public testing in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a video that she's got of this that was shown in, in the court case, and they ran those through the ballot counting machine, and all eight of those just plain paper ballots were counted as accurate and true. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a vending machine with a dollar and you can't get you can't the dollar get it in yeah. just it right? Trust the dollar because right. it's too crunched up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that vending machine protecting that bag of chips is more secure than what we're sticking our ballots into. It has right. no ability to detect whether it's true. Now we've got a phone call uh, that was recorded between a citizen. And John Merrill, where John Merrill is is asserting to the citizen that even the paper that we use is a very specific type of paper, and that it can be it can detect counterfeit and, and non counterfeit. All the paper is is forty pound paper. But why are we spending so money no on forty pound? No, there's, there's nothing, nothing like that. that. No, no super duper. No, it's not like a dollar bill. You can't hold it up and see so anything. Before I have to roll here in a second, then I'm, I can leave it with y'all for part two for sure. Um, so the court case in, in Montgomery. Yeah, so the court the, the case. The judge says, hey, look, this is interesting. Let's have everybody testify. Y'all are yeah. there for like eight hours. And you're like, man, this something must happen. All these experts. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And when I first heard about it, I made the comment to the person that was telling me on my radio program. I was like, man, I wish he had said, we're going to go look at these ballots before he leaves and goes home and maybe the phone starts ringing. Right. So all these good experts, all this information, anybody would be curious to know. And what happens? Um, a couple of weeks go by, and then all of a sudden, the uh, order that the uh, that the state, that the attorney general's office wrote and proposed mm-hmm. as an order that he could execute, he used their order and dismissed the case, said lack of standing, and also something about the Alabama Constitution says that the state of Alabama is immune from being sued and that the state government cannot be sued. And so it, we're left with... We're told, we're taught, or at least we were once upon a time, that it's a government of, by, and for the people, that we represent people to to represent us down in Montgomery. They have put together these laws. The laws for uh, state legislature governing elections is put into place by the U.S. Constitution. That authority is granted to them, not to anyone else. And so we're, we've been taught, and we're under this belief that what's happening here is happening, and it's reflecting what we, the people, want. Mm-hmm. But we really are starting to see and starting to believe that, like, we don't even have rights to get access to information. Um, so that 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 box of of uh, of the record of elections that I spoke about earlier is just a box that they stick different information in. These these machines they spit out receipt paper, you know, and they tape that up mm-hmm. on the front of election night. We are all familiar with that. Well, something that we're not all familiar with, but people are starting to learn about is a data file that's kept in every machine. It's there uh, because of federal law. And it's the, uh, it's called the CVR. It stands for cast voter records. And so there's a, a friend who has placed a lawsuit in Shelby County against the probate judge in Shelby County to get a copy of the, of the cast voter records. One of the arguments that the, defense made was they don't even know how to give us those files. Uh, fortunately, uh, we were able to gain from another state um, directions from ESNS out of a manual mm-hmm. how to produce those. And, and, and Lynn had to make some uh, adjustments to his, make some amendments to his complaint. Right. Um, and so he attached that in there to address one of the objections is we don't know how to give you this information. Now, if you go back to Alabama law, the things that are supposed to be kept in that box, it never says it never directs anybody to put the CVRs in there. But one of the arguments the, the county is also making is that those CVRs are in those boxes and they're not supposed to be unsealed. Well, hello, you're talking to a judge. This judge has the power to open that. So why is that even a, an argument? Right. But even if that was a valid argument, which it's not, but even right. if it was... Why did you stick something in there that you're not statutorily obligated to put in there? Nothing right. in Alabama administrative code, the, in the administrative code right. doesn't even say it. In fact, um, we don't have something that's called the clerk's poll list. It's something we used to use a long time ago, but yet it's still talked about all throughout Alabama law. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to see that there's a lot of work that our legislature has got to do to get our to to raise the bar even higher. I mean, they looked at our laws, they said it was an A plus, but like we've or they you said it was an A, we've got to get was. I mean, you and I could be on the committee that decides mm-hmm. who has the best voting laws. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't exactly. Wait, your your, your organization give, could give an award. Yeah. Can you the give good. me an award? I need an I'll award. I'll think of a really special do, one. <laughs> special one for you. <laughs> Please do. So, but, are you going to come up with a question? I just, I've got one more. You have one more? I do. 
Oh, okay. You go first because okay. you got to go so, drive. So my thing is, bus. why do you think they won't just say, here it is. We'll prove you wrong. Right. That's what if is the, I were e- them, the yeah. easiest thing in yes. the world. If I were them and I truly believed what I was selling was accurate, right, and true, mm-hmm. I'd have no no problem in the I world. I would go request a judge. Yes. I probably can get around that. The yes. government probably do it and say, here it is. Yeah. That's go, look. Now, I've I'm suggested like... that me and a, a liberal person from a, a um, another publication, mm-hmm. uh, John Archibald. <laughs> yes. I've yeah. suggested that I and John Archibald co-chair and we get to decide where we're going to go look and we're going to go check and count yeah. and so-called prove all of y'all wrong. Right. Because I believe John, if he saw the same information, even though we are diametrically opposed, yes, we would say, "Here, here it is. It doesn't yeah. like it or yeah. not. Here yeah. it is." And I want somebody to take us up on that. Yeah, I'll let y'all go. Can y'all? Can y'all yes, go with we'll us? go. We'll okay. bring the candy. I just don't yes. understand. Like I know John Merrill is so <laughs> sick of us. Like mm-hmm. he's got to be so sick of us. Yeah. Steve Marshall probably is too. Probably all of Montgomery mm-hmm. is really over us. Yeah, and I want to be like. You could have, we could have been gone. We could have been out of your hair like at least 10 months ago. A long time ago. So I don't really I think what's, what's starting to happen is that nobody has ever requested, nobody's ever really challenged anything. So like if, if you and I are in a race and I lose by a vote, which actually just happened down Lee County, right? right? So I can challenge that, but I'm responsible for paying for it. Right. And so, and all they do is, so let's say that I get the money that's needed and I pay it and the, all they're going to do is run the same paper through the same machines and they're going to say the same thing at no point. So there's a, the department of commerce has a group that's called the Institute of standards and technology. Okay. And they are like the data gurus for the, for the federal government. Um, They actually wrote a specification and document about cast voter records. Very early on, like maybe three pages in, it actually says that the cast voter records should be compared with a hand count to ensure accuracy. Mm -hmm. That does not happen in the state of Alabama. Which they do if they're got an assembly line putting out potato chips. One of the objections. The right amount goes in the back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the objections that um, the state AG's office posed to one of the expert witnesses was, do you know how much money it would cost the state of Alabama to count all ballots by, by hand? And the guy's like, that'd be just like saying how much did it cost for these people that showed up in the courtroom today to come here? Like, some of them were not paid. Some of them were paid. Like, I'm sure, especially as hot button of an issue this is right now, if you were to say, I need people to come help vote, you would have plenty of people that would volunteer their time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of the objections. The other is, like, what manner and method would they use? And, um, and like, how long do you think it would take to count 3.6 million ballots? Well, nobody, we never have 100% participation. Right. But let's say even if it was just 1.8 million, like, how long would that take? The response from the expert witness was brilliant. He said, well, surely it would take less than the entire country of France, which which counts 70 million ballots in an hour and a half. Right. So we, we want to think like this is some big process um, that's that's well-tuned and oiled and and there's a, a roadmap and it mm-hmm. just works mm-hmm. but y'all and it's not hard we're just talking about counting ballots it feels real lazy one yes. right one now like yes. a kid who doesn't want to do the dishes like right. do you know how long that'll well, take i need to do my homework right correct is what it feels like 
So well, and back to this electronic voting committee that we have. So they're the ones that get to say whether a machine can be used in our state or not. All that happens is the salesman walks in and says, this is our machine. Here's what it does. And they vote on it. There is no inspection of it. So again, it's me, the used car salesman, and say, hey, this was in you know this old lady's garage. It never left. And then right, you right. take it out and realize you're nothing more like Barney Fife when he took that car that he bought that was sold and right. found out it was a sham. Well, I can hear the salesperson. Will they use it in other states? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we'll take it then. Yes. It's, it's going to be great. So anyway, you want to snap me out? Yeah, this is my last question, though, because um, then you got to go. Should people still vote? Absolutely. Even with all this mess. Absolutely. As poor, poorly as you've done today. That's <laughs> no, that's a great question. Okay, no, that's I'm a great question. I'm ending strong. Yes. She knows too much to be the interviewer. Yeah, it's really bad. I probably should have sat in the hallway. But yes, still vote. Yes, still go out and vote. Still exercise that right. We have men and women who have sacrificed literally everything. They, the greatest measure of their devotion, they gave their life for this country. And we should go out and we should, we should cast those ballots. I would encourage people not to use the absentee ballot process. I would encourage you to go show up in person with your driver's license, with your voter ID card, whichever one you have, mm -hmm. and cast that ballot. That way you know you did your part. Also, something I would encourage people to do is sign up to be a poll watcher. Um, there is a, a brief training that people go through, but you get trained and then you get sworn in and you get to do, you know, your public duty, your civic right. service that day. And you get to see a pan first firsthand what what happens. And you get to even while you're even while you're there voting, like be aware like look for things. If you see something that's that doesn't quite shake out or doesn't see look normal, say something. yes, right. say something. Yes, Very by all good. means. Or call and get people to come back in and vote. I would not recommend. <laughs> I would not that. recommend that on, on the conservative side. I would not. So, okay. will you come back again as you learn more stuff? Sure. And there's more information as we have these elections in the fall. So, thank you for being here, ladies. Thank you for having me. Y'all can uh, do whatever y'all want to Are you after sure I go. Glad I'm I guessing. was here. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad. It's a rough you're day here. with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Alabama Unfiltered. Thank you for watching. Don't forget you can find us at all the places that you uh, usually watch or listen to your podcast. Tell other people about us. And uh, thank you to Allison. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs>